sees you when you're sleeping He knows when you're awake He knows if you've been bad or good So be good for goodness sake Oh, you better watch out You better not cry Better not pout I'm telling you why Hey everybody, come sit by the fire Have we got a story for you And it's not about Santa Claus coming to town they say he comes on the evening of December 5th, a night they call Krampusnacht, armed with a bundle. That was bundle. pretty fucking good. Actually, yeah, that was really good. I have a lot of fun on my throat. There we go. <laughs> have more wine. Armed with a bundle of gold-painted birch sticks to beat naughty children. You can usually hear him coming. The soft steps of one bare human foot alternate with the clip-clop of his cloven hoof. His name is Krampus, and he's the terror of Austria and the Alpine region. Though legends about his looks change from region to region, some things stay consistent. Krampus is said to have pointed devilish horns and a long snake-like tongue. His body is covered in coarse fur and he looks like a goat crossed with a demon. That sounds like my ex. <laughs> some consider Krampus as starting as far back in time as 2000 BC as in Kidu in the Epic of Gilgamesh as the earliest known appearance of a wild man. And again in 600 BC in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament when King Nebuchadnezzar was punished by God and turned into a hairy beast. In 217 BC, Saturnalia is introduced to ancient Romans as a pagan celebration of winter by gift-giving, wild parties, and yes. the reversal of the social roles of slave and master. Also the precursor to modern Christmas, somehow. <laughs> I was just going to say, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> By the 4th century, however, due to Roman influence, many of the Germanic tribes, such as the Goths and Vandals, began converting to Christianity. Fortunately, their pagan traditions survived in the small villages in the Alps where the church could not reach. Another text from Norway, King's Mirror, in 1250, features a wild man character described as being covered in hair. High up in the Alp countries of Europe, where Krampus was born, or more accurately, where the legend was created, the word Krampus is derived from the old High German word Krampen, meaning claw. According to Norse... Meaning claw? Like claw. 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 Raw. Claw. Yeah. Raw claw. Okay, gotcha. According to Norse mythology, Krampus is the son of Hel, the goddess, goddess ruler of the underworld. Oh, is that... No, that's not Odin's daughter. That's, her name is Hela. Right. This is, this is just Hel, H-E-L. Okay. All right. The goddess ruler of the underworld. Okay. So not related to Kate Blanchett. Go on. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are also a few physical similarities between Krampus and Greek mythical creatures, like the horns and hoofs of satyrs and fawns. Oh, Okay. As I mentioned earlier, originating in southern Germany and Austria, the area known as Bavaria, the creature moved to other European countries such as Switzerland, Czech Republic, Hungary, and even Tyrol, a state in western Austria. Oh. Krampus tends to look like a giant sadistic teddy bear. <laughs> in western Germany, he arrives with Santa, sitting shotgun in his sleigh. In Styria. Where? S-T-Y-R-I-A. Styria? Styria? That's in southeast Austria. The birch sticks used for his whip are painted gold and displayed year-round 
to remind children of Krampus's impending arrival. As Christianity took over the region and ruined everything, Krampus wasn't forgotten, but rather altered to match changing customs. No longer thought of as a pagan tradition, he was given chains to show the devil being bound by the church and took on several other devilish qualities, like a whisker basket used to haul naughty children to hell. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have. <laughs> Soon, Krampus... You, I feel like you really would have been one of those naughty hell oh, oh, yeah. children. Oh yeah, I would, and this is why I dislike them now. <laughs> Soon, Krampus was attached to St. Nick, a Christian saint, and the owner of his very own feast day, or celebration, on December 6th. St. Nick himself wouldn't be closely associated with Christmas until the early 19th century, with the name Santa Claus coming from the Dutch of the protracted word for St. Nicholas. Oh, okay. It's a compelling history, especially since Krampus's appearance coincides with a number of pagan winter rites, notably one that sends people parading through the streets to disperse the ghosts of winter. So that's what I've got, Carrie. How is Krampus celebrated, feared nowadays? Oh boy, let me tell you, the... Krampus really rolled with the times. He really did. He really did. He's keeping up. He's definitely keeping up with Krampus, for sure. (laughs) God. (laughs) So essentially, Krampus, or how do you say it? Krampus. 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 It's German? Yeah. Okay. Um, He's basically this scary counterpart to St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. Okay. Now, Krampus punishes naughty children by beating them with birch switches, birch branches, mm-hmm. which, ow, buck. <laughs> At least he's not making you go cut your own switch. Uh-oh, do you know people that do that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back, back in junior high, I knew kids who would say, I fucked up and my dad made me cut my own branch. Oh, God. And they would... Because your children, you think like, the smallest one is it's gonna hurt less, but the opposite is true. <laughs> oh my god, it's smaller, it's obviously, intense. yeah. But that you knew children that actually, oh, yeah, oh my, okay. Yeah. All right, so Krampus is worse than 1980s parenting, <laughs> um, or he's not as or bad, not as bad. I think that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Not as bad as 1980s parenting. It's my dad's first kids. They were always told to grab their ankles when they would get their beating. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I just had the wooden spoon. I just had the wooden I, spoon. Well, several, but... <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so Krampus... All right, I need to quit trying to say it in German because I'm just driving away all of our German listeners. <laughs> I apologize, everybody, in Germany. The rest of you suffer along with me because you'd say it the same way. (laughs) (laughs) So Krampus punishes naughty children by beating them or dragging them to his lair or even to hell. Okay. Yeah. Um, And the dear boy. He has already appeared on the Colbert Report. (laughs) He has starred in a comic book. Oh, yeah. He has inspired parties and parades across the United States. And there's a movie, right? Yes, he is the subject of a feature film 
Uh, he's also appeared in multiple low-budget movies. <laughs> but he has also been in an episode of Supernatural, which is one of my all-time favorite shows ever. <laughs> Uh, he was in another episode of, or he was in an episode of another show. I can't remember what it was. Uh, so yeah, he's already made his TV and film debut. For those of you who are curious, as I told Archie earlier in the week when we started our research, and he was wondering where he could find more information on Krampus, go to his website. Wow, Krampus.com. He's doing better than we are. He is doing better than we are. Yes, oh he has. God. How does how do you get your SAT card for that? I yeah. Does he have a SAG AFTRA? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, in case you're curious, he also has a YouTube channel. Oh my god! Of course. Yes. Now it took him a while to get to this place of uh, pop culture status. About four thousand years. About four thousand years. Um, so in 1923, they had an election in Austria. In the aftermath of this particular election, again in 1923, the Krampus tradition was actually prohibited by something called the Dolphus regime. Regime. Now, if I were any kind of actual podcaster, I would have looked up what that was, but I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> under the Fatherland's Front, also, didn't look that up. Uh, and the Christian Social Party. Oh, say no more. Exactly. I didn't need to look that one up. Um, it was prohibited under all of these regimes, fronts, and parties. Gotcha. Yes. Sounds like a good time. Really wasn't a good really time. Really wasn't a good time. No. So in the 1950s, the government in Austria distributed pamphlets entitled Krampus is an Evil Man. Now, toward the end of the century... There has been a popular resurgence of Krampus celebrations that have occurred and actually continue today. Oh, yeah. They have the... Krampus night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how did you say that? Krampus Nacht. Krampus Nacht. There you go. Okay. Which literally translates as Krampus night. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, So it is the Krampus tradition is being revived in Bavaria as well. Um, along with local artistic tradition of hand-carved wooden masks depicting mm-hmm. Krampus. There's some really stunners out there, too. There really are. Um, and Krampus Night is a big deal in a lot of um, a lot of countries, including here in the oh. United States. Yeah, gaining popularity. He really is. And it's been several years. It's not like since 2018 or whenever that movie came out. Right. Krampus has actually started, like, you know, riding the pop culture wave through America for a while now. Um, Anyway, so let's go back and talk a little bit more about what you touched on, um, which is actually Krampus Night. Now, the Feast of St. Nicholas is celebrated in parts of Europe on the 6th of December. Yes. On the night before, on December 5th. December 5th is Krampus Nacht. Yes, is what is considered Krampus Night, where the wicked hairy devil appears on the streets. So sometimes he does accompany Saint Nick, mm-hmm. and sometimes he's on his own. Oh. Yes. Um, Krampus visits homes and businesses. <laughs> so he's an equal opportunity. <laughs> 
punisher, uh, disciplinarian. I'm not really sure how what we want to call him. Um, anyway, <laughs> the saint, Nicholas, usually appears in the eastern right vestments of a bishop, and St. Nicholas carries a golden ceremonial staff. Um, unlike Northern American, read United States, <laughs> versions of Santa Claus, in these celebrations, St. Nicholas concerns himself only with the good children, while Krampus is responsible for the bad. That's why they're traveling companions. Right. Now, St. Nick or Santa Claus dispenses gifts to the good children, while Krampus supplies coal and the rutin bundles. Rutin bundles. Yes, which are the um, bundles of switches. Oh. Now, um, if Krampus comes to your house, uh, if Krampus came to my house, basically I would take that as I fucked up as a parent because obviously my (laughs) child is a dick and this, what did you call it? A half... Human, half, half goat, human, half, half goat, half half goat, half demon, half demon with one human foot with one and human one foot. Yeah, there's some inconsistencies you're pulling apart on me right now. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> if I saw this amalgamation of crossbreeding, I-, I would be terrified and feel like I was a horrible parent. Um, but anyway, if he comes to my house, I know now, as all of you listeners do, that it is customary to offer a Krampus schnapps. Oh, oh, we had schnapps. We had it, and then we just shot it. Um, basically, schnapps, if you didn't know, because pretty sure all of our listeners do, because they're really fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, I love our listeners. They, they love that we drink wine. Um, <laughs> schnapps, which is a strong distilled fruit brandy. I think we can all agree it's it's been adjusted and tweaked over the years because you and I had peppermint, and the other day I had butterscotch. All the butterscotch. <laughs> all the butterscotch, but it was one of those tiny little bottles you get on an airplane, and he really could not expect me to save any of that. <laughs> there are Krampus runs. Did you come across the Krampus? I did come you across did. the Krampus runs. Okay. <laughs> That's why you don't drink the water in Austria. <laughs> oh my god Why You make everything a potty joke I can't help it It's in my nature Yeah and he's 12 uh, So anyway these Krampus 5Ks I'm not gonna give you Any more fucking ammunition um, They may include Perkton Again if I was a better podcaster I would have looked that up but it, I didn't. Um, because Wikipedia, which, by the way, I donated $5 to Wikipedia. I suggest everybody donates $5 to Wikipedia. Quite frankly, our podcast is brought to you by Wikipedia. <laughs> we, we depend on it. We depend on it. So, Archie, I suggest you also donate $5 to Wikipedia so that we can continue our podcast. Check. Anyway, so it, it said that these runs may include Perkton. Um, which are similarly wild pagan spirits of... Spirits? Spirits. <laughs> we shouldn't have done we that. shouldn't have done the schnapps. Sh- <laughs> shouldn't have done the schnapps. Uh, they are similarly wild pagan spirits of Germanic... There's the K. Folklore. All right. And sometimes female in representation. Okay. 
Yes. So although the Perkton are properly associated with the period between the winter solstice around December 22nd and the 6th of January. These bitches have their own time frame, and um, if they show up with Krampus, great. If not, well, you know, he's on his own. Right. Um, As he should be. Anyway. (laughs) Now, here's another... You're good at this pronunciation, so here's another one. And I was making fun of Archie earlier because I'm like, you have a lot of really hard German words to say, ha, 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 loser. (laughs) And then I'm going through mine, and I'm like, fuck, I actually have worse. Um, (laughs) Ha, ha, I'm a loser. Sorry, Arch. (laughs) Krampus Carton? It's like K-A-R. Yeah. Carton. Krampus Carton. Wow, okay. What Archie said. Um, (laughs) What that is, what does it sound like to you when you say that? I I honestly don't know. Christmas card. Krampus Carton. Oh. Christmas card. Oh, witty. Yeah. So Europeans have been exchanging greeting cards featuring Krampus since the 1800s. Krampus cards. There yeah, you go. Good. Wow. Sometimes um, introduced with the, oh fuck, in English, greetings from Krampus. In German, translates to greetings from Krampus. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't even try to do it. Um, <laughs> anyway. These greetings from Krampus, um, and the cards usually have humorous rhymes and poems. Uh, Krampus is also is often featured, rather, um, looming sort of menacingly over children, like, you've been super naughty, I'm going to throw you here in my little knapsack and take you into hell, <laughs> where I'm going to feast on you, because you've been so fucking naughty. Oh, yum. Yeah, that you need to be eaten by a goddamn demon. <laughs> Wow. Um, Anyway, um, he is also shown, like you said, on these Christmas cards, he is also shown as having one human foot and one cloven hoof. Again, I don't know. What is the inbreeding happening? uh, Yeah, that's... What's going on here? Gross. (laughs) Um, In some of the cards, Krampus has sexual overtones. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he is pictured pursuing buxom women. Buxom women. Yes. Curvy, Kim Kardashian-esque women. Buxom women. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Now, over time, the representation of Krampus in the cards has changed. Thank God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Older versions have a more frightening Krampus... Uh, more demony goat, half goat, creepy, like right. like you talked about. Uh, while modern versions have a cuter, more cupid-like creature. <laughs> oh God, I can I, only imagine. I I, I I actually can't. It's weird. Um, Krampus has also adorned postcards and candy containers. So okay, yeah. I mean, he's he's branching out in his merch. Right. Right. Sure. 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 Now, there are some regional variations of Krampus, and you did touch on a couple of them. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned in Styria, S-T-Y-R-I-A, yeah. Styria, the root and bundles are presented by Krampus to families. The twigs are painted gold and displayed year-round in the house yep. as a reminder to any child who might think about misbehaving. 
Yeah. That, uh, you know, the ones that might have temporarily forgotten Krampus as a reminder that he is, you know, he is also keeping a list and checking it twice. (laughs) He's doing Santa's dirty work. A little bit, a little bit. Um, Now, in smaller, uh, more isolated, remote villages, Krampus has other beastly companions. Oh. Yeah, there's more. He's got buddies. He's got friends. He's got buddies. Uh, Such as the antlered wild man figures. And Satanic is not a part of this crew, apparently. (laughs) These Syrian companions of Krampus are called... Here you go. Here we go. Shabmanar. Sorry. I'm so sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> or Rauhen. Rauhen. R-A-U-H-E-N. Rauhen? Rauhen. Sure. Okay. Um, anyway. Shabmanar or Rauhen. Now... There is a toned-down version of Krampus um, that is part of the popular Christmas markets in Austrian urban centers like Salzburg. Okay. In these um, in these markets, they're more tourist-friendly, and uh, their interpretations are more tourist-friendly. Krampus is more humorous than he is fearsome. Oh. Yeah. Now, uh, there is a... Location, a city, a town um, in the northern por- part of Udine province in Italy. It is called uh, Cave de Predil. I'm guessing. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Forget those listeners. Although we are going to do Poveglia, so maybe you want to listen. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry that I'm butchering it. I'm a fucking American. Uh, there is in this province in Italy an annual Krampus festival, and it is held in early December, probably right around oh, Krampus yeah. Noct. Oh, imagine that. Imagine that. And good job. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, just before the sun sets, the Krampus uh, comes out from an old cave and chases children. <laughs> boys, but also adults, apparently. Oh. Yeah, boys yes. are dicks. Some of, some of these... Krampus runs, I've heard. Oh, for sure. They, they, once they have a little more alcohol in their system, they start to actually reach out into the crowd and go after people. Yes. And they actually chase children into their homes. And some of these homes actually, because, you know, like I said earlier, it's customary to, to offer Krampus schnapps. Yeah. Some of these homeowners actually offer these Krampus run participants <laughs> out more alcohol. Oh, that's that's a good recipe. So stranger, recipe. please come to my house and drink my alcohol. my child into our home and we will give you and alcohol. And we will reward you with a shot of schnapps. Yes. Um, this is our segue into some of my favorite true crime podcasts, my favorite murder and crime junkie and last podcast on the left, where they will talk to you about all of the men you did that with that turned around and killed your children. Oh. Yeah, it's a stupid, stupid tradition. Okay. Anyway. Well, that took a turn. It should. It's Krampus. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> the belief is that just before the sun sets, the Krampus come out from an old cave and chase children, like I said, punishing them with strokes on the legs. So um, I don't know if they're carrying something. With the, the birch sticks? Yes. And then, like, whipping these children as they're chasing them through the town. Yeah. Um, touch my kid, and I will fucking burn your house down. <laughs> 
I, I don't actually care what kind of celebration this is supposed to be for. Now, to satisfy their anger toward children, the young people must recite a prayer. Now, Northern American Krampus celebrations have become a growing phenomenon. We are not nearly as um, brazen as that as, because of all of the true crime podcasts and shows. And if there are demony people chasing our children through the streets, it's going to end really fucking badly for you. However, North American Krampus celebrations are becoming a growing thing. Now, there are similar figures that have been recorded in neighboring areas in Europe, neighboring areas to Italy. Um, in Austria, there is Klaubhoff. Sorry. Um, <laughs> while Bartel or Bartel or Niglo Bartel or Wu Bartel are used in the southern part of Austria. However, in most parts of Slovenia, Slovenia, which is it? No, I got it. Slovenia. Okay. Now, their culture is actually greatly affected by Austrian culture. Krampus is called Parkelj and is one of the companions of uh, the Slovenian form of St. Nicholas. I'm not going to say his name because I've already butchered enough. Now, in many parts of Croatia, which... Hi, Croatia. Welcome to the party. They welcome. are one of our top five countries now. Well, wow. Yeah. So, That's amazing. Yeah. Super excited. Croatia, we love you, and we want you to stick around, so please forgive our American accents if we butcher anything in your culture. <laughs> Pronouncing anything in your culture, anyway. Uh, so, in many parts of Croatia... Krampus is described as a devil wearing a cloth sack around his waist and chains around his neck, ankles, and wrists. And I believe you mentioned that briefly in your portion. The, the chains are the Christian edition that, yes. to show that the church has tamed the demon. Okay, okay. Now, um, as part of this tradition, when a child receives a gift from St. Nicholas, he is also given a golden branch to represent his good deeds throughout the year. However, and we will beat you with it when you misbehave. If the child has misbehaved, Krampus will take the gifts from St. Nicholas for himself and leave only a silver branch to represent the child's bad acts. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, on these Krampus runs, they are becoming, like I said, they're gaining popular, they're gaining um, popularity in, in Northern America. Um, in Austria, they're they're kind of all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all over Europe. All over Europe, yeah. Many countries. So, basically what it is, is costume characters and these Krampus runs are a central part of all Krampus celebrations. Um, now, these characters <laughs> include Krampus, St. Nicholas, obviously, the woodsman, angels, and the old woman are all part of Krampus lore. The old woman. Yes. Um, again, if I were a good podcaster, I would have looked her up, but I didn't do that. So <laughs> let's add that to the list. So, so far, I count three things I didn't bother to look up. Winging it as in life. <laughs> Just saying. Now, so Krampus is a half goat and half demon. Because of that, the costume normally shares um, certain common elements like fur, uh, horns, a demon mask, hooves. One hoof, I guess. Mm -hmm. I really am curious about this one human foot, one hoof thing. Not that I want to see it, 
in my door. No, it's too late for that. Yeah. Thank God. My child is 18. Um, <laughs> he also carries the, the costumes also um, come with props. And some of the most common props are bells, a birch switch, a basket worn on the back, chains, a walking staff, and horsehair or hemp flogger. I, I don't know what the hemp flogger is. Okay. Okay. Um, now, m- most traditional Krampus costumes are made from goat or sheepskins. Actual animal horns. Mm-hmm. Some of these folks really get into it. Like, yeah. they really get into it. <laughs> um, and hand-carved masks, like I had mentioned earlier, which... That's a labor of love, that's, I really think. That, that really is. That really is a labor of love. Um, more often, they are actually made with more modern and less costly materials, such as fake fur and latex masks, which Krampus is kinky, I think. <laughs> oh, God. You know, you see a latex mask wearing Krampus and, ooh, hello, hello. American Horror Story Season 1. <laughs> if you want to join in one of these Krampus runs and you want to make your own costume... You can do so. And if you need help on how to make a Krampus costume, there is a costume instructional YouTube video available. Of course there is. Yes. So go ahead and and check that out on YouTube. Um, Krampus's frightening presence was suppressed for many years by guess who? The Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah. Now they they forbade, excuse me, the raucous celebrations uh, and the fascists in World War II Europe found Krampus despicable because it was considered a creation of the Social Democrats. So Krampus became a political pawn. Of course it did. Of course he did. But uh, Krampus has actually been having a resurgence over the past few years, thanks in part to a bah humbug, a bah humbug attitude in pop culture. Me. You? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like even... When did the Char- uh, Charlie Brown Christmas come out? In late seventies, early eighties? Uh, probably yes. I feel like it was it was late seventies. Definitely early in 80s. that range. In that range, but even Charlie Brown has a moment where he feels like commar- Christmas has become too commercialized. So you can't. It's not. That's not a stretch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's not a stretch. Um, so I I understand how you and a great number of other people are are kind of like bah fucking humbug Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like I get it. Um, however, there are, um, there are also people searching for ways to celebrate the season in non-traditional ways. Uh, in the United States here, we are embracing the dark side of Christmas with Krampus movies. Hmm. Uh, Krampus, uh, is on Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is in its final season, and I'm very sad about that because it's an excellent show. <laughs> Even though it recycles storylines for the last, like, seven years and probably should have ended a while ago. Oh. I still love you. Jensen Ackles, Jared Padalecki, I love you so much. <laughs> I know there are top listeners. Or she's looking at me like I'm insane. Yeah, Tater agrees. <laughs> I know. I get it. Um, now... There are special, like I said, special Krampus television episodes. Oh, God. There are Krampus parties and Krampus knocks in cities across America, such as D.C. and New Orleans. Like, Krampus is everywhere. 
there is um, also uh, Krampus-themed races, 5K races. I think we've, we've discussed that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Krampus is, is, he's a popular dude. Again, you know, keeping up with Krampus. He's, he's really marketing himself well. Um, there's a really wonderful article that I read that is called How Krampus, the Christmas Devil, Became Cool. Go ahead and Google that, guys. It's a really wonderful article. <laughs> it talks about um, how, how Krampus became so popular in the United States. Um, now, back to his homeland. Uh, for its part, Austria is attempting to commercialize the harsh persona of Krampus. Uh, by selling chocolates and figurines and collectible horns. Um, However, as with everything, there are already complaints that Krampus is becoming too commercialized and losing his edge because of his newfound popularity. (laughs) So that is what I have on um, Krampus in the modern age. It wasn't actually... He's not something that I paid a whole lot of attention to until that movie came out. And I thought, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, who's going to believe a Christmas monster? Like, come on. Um, the whole but, population of Europe. Yes. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact it's, it's been a part of their culture. Like you said, for, for 4,000 4, years. Yeah. For millennia, just as Santa Claus has. So yeah, I, I was really excited once we really started getting into the, the meat and potatoes and the research of this episode. Um, and that is what I have for Krampus. I love him. I think he's pretty wonderful. So anyway, <laughs> Archie, do you have anything that you want to add? Well, I, I came across a couple of interesting things that are more modern problems to this situation. Such really? as an influx of refugees from Syrian and Iraqi wars. Is with regard to Krampus? With regard to Krampus, because these people are dressing up in goat skins and horns and parading around in the streets in Syria and Iraq. They don't have such celebrations. Oh, so one problem that officials are facing is how do we integrate these refugees to our traditions? And some of the things that they're doing is they're going into oh the my. homes... God. Yeah, I mean, what would you think? Like, why are this is yeah. a holy time? Why are they celebrating this half goat demon thing? Thing and and what is a holiday time? A holy time. So what they've been doing is going into the homes. The officials are going into the homes where these refugees are staying, and informing them and telling them the stories. And giving them the history because... Of Krampus. Of Krampus, because why would you force someone to participate in this tradition when they have absolutely no idea what the fuck is going on? <laughs> when they're scared anyway. Exactly. So, um... Oh some, my god. Yeah. So, what some of them are doing is, along with telling these stories, they're going into the refugees' homes, they're baking cookies, and giving it kind of a narrative... Really? For them to understand, which I think is is really a brilliant thing to do as an outreach. Oh my God. To you know these what? people who are terrified leaving their home country. And then. I think that is so beautiful. I think it is too. And that's why I really wanted to share it. <gasps> well, you know what? It actually lent. Oh my God, Archie. 
it actually lends, um, or it's a really wonderful lead in to what I wanted to say to close the episode. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, and I purposely didn't share this with you. Oh, and you, oh Archie good. and I share <laughs> our history and our hauntings. Um, generally, Archie will share his history with me uh, so that I know how to frame my hauntings around what he what he finds, and that I don't repeat anything that he may have in his portion. Um, typically, he doesn't. You don't ever read my haunting portion of right, it. Right. Um, a lot of times we've been very fortunate in, in keeping those two things separate. Uh, this particular thing I actually purposely kept separate from you. Oh. I did share my Krampus portion mm-hmm. because it's, I needed, a dip, it's a bit of a different episode. Yeah, I needed to know where to stop. Right. Uh, so you did the early mm-hmm. version and I did the more modern version of Krampus. Um, but I think I think that's beautiful what you, what you found and what you've just shared. I did too. That they're doing that for these refugees... Because I feel like a lot of people around the world um, have a very a misconception that refugees are encroaching in, in their countries to, to take it over, to harm their uh, residents and their citizens. And the fact that these... The local officials are reaching out. Exactly. And to, the, the quote that I have here in front of me is... The migrants will now know what to expect when St. Nicholas and the Krampus creatures knock on their door. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I do, too. I really agree. It's it's very inclusive and welcoming. And very in keeping with the Christmas spirit. Exactly. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that you brought that (laughs) up. I think that's that's a beautiful addition to this um, Christmas episode of History of a Haunting. (laughs) Um, so to close the episode, I do want to talk a little bit about an article that I read in the Smithsonian Magazine. And I read this actually a couple of months ago, shortly after the podcast began. And I bookmarked it and I highlighted passages from it that I wanted to include because I knew we were going to do a Christmas episode. Mm -hmm. And I highlighted passages from it so that I could close the episode and hear it. It is. Um, So in this article from the Smithsonian Magazine, it's basically a plea to bring back ghost stories at Christmas time. (laughs) I have often, mostly from my mother, because she doesn't abhor all of this, but she just thinks like, why are you going to keep talking about ghosts at Christmas? (laughs) Ew, no. However... (laughs) I came across this article in the magazine and it was a plea to bring back ghost stories at Christmas time. Okay. So I think we can all agree that one of the most famous ghost stories is Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. Yeah, true. Which, as we all know, is the story of a man tormented by a series of ghosts the night before Christmas. Yeah. Yes. It's one of my favorites. Uh... I, I, I genuinely love the story. I have read A Christmas Carol. I'm going to be real honest. One of my favorite versions of it is Scrooged with oh. Bill Murray. <laughs> I love that. I, I just love that. Also, uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, my God. I know. I'm a big fan of Mickey Mouse. Anyway. <laughs> um, however, what many don't know is that the telling of ghost stories actually doesn't belong to just Halloween. Right. 
Yes. Um, in fact, it was a tradition in the Victorian era in England to tell ghost stories around the fire with your family on Christmas Eve. Oh. Uh, in fact, the holiday was almost consistently associated with ghosts. Oh. Yeah. Um, it is based in folklore and in the supernatural. Uh, and so because of that, it was a tradition that the Puritans in Plymouth frowned on. <laughs> You know what we're talking about. <laughs> Hashtag F pilgrims. Um, so it actually, the, the ghost stories at Christmas never really gained a lot of traction in America because of that. Right. Yeah. Now, um, one of the excerpts from the Smithsonian Magazine that, that I, I want to read states, quote, Charles Dickens really popularized telling ghost stories at Christmas time. And he regularly included them in magazines that he edited. Dickinson's publications, which were not just winter-themed, but explicitly linked to Christmas, helped forge a bond between the holiday and ghost stories. Interesting. Yes. Well, that's awesome. I know. I think so, too. Um, At the same time that the tradition of Christmas ghosts had begun to lose its allure, Losing the initial spiritual charge that drove its popularity, uh, a new tradition was actually being imported to the United States from across the Atlantic, carried by the huge wave of Scottish and Irish immigrants coming to America in the form of Halloween. Hmm. Now, Halloween, as we know, is sort of an amalgamation of Samhain and All Souls Day. Right. When the veil between the living and the dead is at its thinnest all year, and ghosts, demons, and such own the night. And Americans, Archie, we were here for it. We were here oh, for yeah. that. Oh, yeah. For sure. We preferred the scary ghosts and nightmares as opposed to the Scottish and Irish culture that it came from, and today Halloween is what it is. Now, the tradition didn't entirely die out once the Victorian era kind of came to an end. Um, As late as 1915, Christmas magazines here in the United States were filled with ghost stories, and columnists often added them to their list of of fun Christmas fare. The magazine also states, quote, these two holidays, Halloween and Christmas, were often viewed as a good beginning and end to the winter season. Ghosts were in the air and the dead were kept close to us, end quote. Oh. I know, I like that. I kind of like that. I thought that was kind of beautiful. Um, so I would like to end this episode, the last one of the year for us here at History of a Haunting, on this note. This was written by William Dean Howells in Harper's editorial in 1886. It was well once a year, if not oftener, to remind men by parable of the old simple truths, to teach them that forgiveness and charity and the endeavor for a life better and purer than each has lived are the principles upon which alone the world holds together and gets forward. It was well for the comfortable and the refined to be put in mind of the savagery and suffering all around them and to be taught as Dickens was always teaching that certain feelings which graced human nature as tenderness for the sick and helpless, self-sacrifice and generosity, uh, 
self-respect, and manliness and womanliness are the common heritage of the race and the direct gift of heaven shared equally by the rich and poor. Now this article concludes with, quote, as the nights darken and we head towards the new year, filled with anxiety and hope, what better emissaries are there to bring such a message than the dead? Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that's all we have. That that was Krampus. And um, that was our Christmas closing. We are going to take some well-deserved time off to spend with our friends and family for the holidays. We will obviously be staying in touch um, through all of our social media. Yep, absolutely. We want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy Hanukkah, a very... Uh, joyous Kwanzaa. Joyous Kwanzaa, a very... Um, what is... Was that just Thanksgiving? Uh, or is it... What's Seinfeld? Uh, Friendsgiving? Not Friendsgiving. Um, the dad. Yeah. Festivus for the rest of us. Oh. <laughs> A very happy Festivus for the rest of us. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Archie, what are your Christmas wishes this year? Uh, lots of things that aren't going to happen. <laughs> so I'm just focusing on the, on the joys I have present in my life. I think that's interesting because in what you just said, it, you have hope. It's disgusting, I know. I know, it's awful. <laughs> what is wrong with you? You need to come back better in 2020. <laughs> Stop with all the hope. Um, my wishes this Christmas are um, health of, of my family. There has been a lot of um, health issues in 2019 that, that we've had to deal with. So my Christmas wishes are health in 2020. And um, I'm working really hard to live more in, in moments. I have so much that is going on in my life, as everybody does. But for me personally, I'm constantly thinking of the very next thing that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. That I don't enjoy the moment that I'm currently in. Especially when they're, they're important and, and magnanimous moments. I'm simply waiting for the moment to be over because I have the next moment that I need to take care of and focus on. Right, right, right. So instead I'm not, of instead of just enjoying it. Instead of just it enjoying is. it. So um, I'm I'm working on on that. That is another wish for 2020. That's a good wish. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited because, as always, you're going to spend Christmas with us. Of course. And um, I'm very. Excited to bring new things and exciting things to our listeners and our fans. We have fans, if you can fucking believe it. Uh, Archie, people binge us. That's insane. That is insane. That's insane. We're being binged. (laughs) Love it. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I want to say to all of our listeners, happy holidays, Whatever holiday you are celebrating at this time of year, we wish you... there's a bunch. There's a bunch. 
We wish you joy. We wish you prosperity. We wish you happiness. And we will see you back here on January 4th, 2020. Rich, what do you got? Can't wait. Thank you, everyone. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.